welcome independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, shadow citizens. Shadow Citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh. Gang, we made it another week, and I'm really happy to be here. And tonight we have a really awesome guest, this guy named Matt Landman. And he has been an activist nonstop, nonstop. I think he's done, this is going to be, what, seventh interview in a few days about this new film that he did. It's called Frankenskies, and he's here with us right now. I want to welcome on. Thank you for being on the show with us, Matt. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It's a pre- it's a pleasure. Oh, great. I'm so glad you're here to talk to us. Now, the reason why I wanted you on, because inexplicably, my show, Shadow Citizen, which I didn't intend for it to be, um, started careening, and there's been a lot of talk about geoengineering. I think out of all the shows that I've done this year, I'd say at least four have been about geoengineering. I ended up talking to Ken Caldera of the IPCC from the UN, the report that he did. I don't even know how I had that happen to me, but I called his hotel room just because I saw that he was at some conference and they patched me right through. And I ended up talking to him and he talked to us about what the UN is considering doing to fix the weather. And then I talked to another group of people from Rhode Island who have put through uh, basically an anti-geoengineering bill, um, and that bill is called H6011. It's from Rhode Island, and it's been through the Exploratory Committee. It'll, it's going to get listened to again. They've reworked it, um, and that's, I think, very well written. Um, now it is. Uh, and then we ended up talking to somebody else, too, about geoengineering. And zerogeoengineering.com, this is their week of legislative action. So I wanted to talk to you because you have a film that's really, it's gripping, and I wanted to get your opinion on everything. So why don't we start off with what you were starting to tell me about on break before we got live, about how they're prepping everybody to think that, Certain things like what people might call chemtrails would be the thing to fix the weather. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. And it's not just the weather. It's climate change and global warming and anything scary. They claim that they can fix it by administering nanoparticulate metallics into the atmosphere. The article that I just sent you from just a couple of days ago through was it NBC there's so many I believe it was NBC it was posing that geoengineering can reduce the amount of hurricanes by 50 percent well if you're well researched enough you get down that rabbit hole and you start peeling back layers of the onion and you find out that hurricanes are actually geoengineered to be exacerbated or even created There was the Hurricane Atmospheric Modification Program, H-A-M-P. This is public record, and it was introduced just before Hurricane Katrina. The theory was that if you administer black carbon soot into a coming hurricane, 
that you could slow it down and fizzle it away. Well, they learned that they actually could exacerbate the storms by adding carbon into it. So this particular article, it's just part of this normalization, propaganda, social engineering machine. A lot of people don't know that the media has been consolidated and reconsolidated and reconsolidated that now five companies, five gigantic companies now own 90% of the planet's media. That's newspapers, magazines, television, internet sites, everything. 90% of all of the media on the planet is owned by five gigantic companies, one of them being Disney, one of them being Viacom. And these companies if you look deep, they're all owned by the same families, you know, mm-hmm. so really just a small group of globalist players. They get to dictate what the story is coming out of the media and that the media gets to frame the dialogue. And ultimately, it comes down to this Hegelian dialectic that a lot of us are familiar with. It's also called this master slave dialectic where the master corners us, the slaves, into thinking a certain way. And we get walked down this hallway and there's one door at the very end and that's the door that they've created. It's called problem, reaction, solution. They actually create the problem. The reaction is generally fear-based and the solution they have pre-calculated, premeditated, and they have it waiting right there for us, unbeknownst to us. So in this circumstance, the global warming hoax has been orchestrated by a group of nefarious characters that want to convince us that we need solar radiation management, also called stratospheric aerosol injections, SAI, that's the term coined by the uh, or used by the CIA director, or it's called solar geoengineering or even chemtrails. These are all synonymous. synonymous. So Mm -hmm. ultimately... They want public opinion to think that if we start tampering with the atmosphere by administering nanoparticulate, whatever, metallics or whatever they convince at the time, then that'll be used to block out the sun and to slow down global warming. And then by in doing so, that will curtail climate change and harsh weather events such as these hurricanes we're witnessing. Okay, so back it up for everybody. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at the big picture of Irma, you know, this big giant hurricane. So you're saying that Irma was geoengineered on purpose to be that devastating or because they've been messing with geoengineering so long that it turned that big? Both Harvey and Irma were definitely geoengineered. They may have even been created from scratch through the the, camp- the campaign that is at hand. It gets really complicated, but ultimately it all falls back on this ionospheric heater technology. You can heat the ionosphere with these frequency antenna arrays that are well-placed around the planet now that superheat the atmosphere. And then if you can superheat the atmosphere and clash high and low pressures, you can create cyclones. So let's just talk about Harvey first. Okay. Harvey... And it gets, I mean, it's, it's, there's, the problem with this all is it gets complicated no matter what direction you go. And a lot of people, they like to put up that big brick wall of cognitive dissonance when things get a little complex. And that's why I'm here to try to make it simplified. Okay. But but still, (laughs) even my simplified version is gonna, it's gonna cover a lot of, a lot of ground because I have to really get to the nitty gritty. So if you want to do a little research and like I said, or like I like to say, 
is you can take authority as the truth, meaning you can be told how to think, or you can take truth as the authority. And in taking truth as the authority, you can do your own research. You know, don't just listen to me. Look up, fact check every single thing that I say. So if you look up the tropospheric aerosol program, TAP, through the Department of Energy, DOE, so if you just look up TAP, DOE, dot PDF, you'll find a 2001 document that details, explicitly details the entire geoengineering program launched publicly in 2001 through the Department of Energy. And it shows this grid pattern of aerosols released over Nashville, Tennessee. It shows all of the different research drones that are put up to monitor these plumes and the mixing of chemicals because it's not just one chemical they're putting up. They're ionizing chemicals by mixing particles together. NASA quote says that they're using the atmosphere as a laboratory. Well, the Department of Energy got involved. And if you really think about it, just dollars and cents, the Department of Energy, which is run by ultimately the coal and the oil business, these are nefarious characters. And they ultimately would be better off if we didn't pursue things like solar power and renewable energy. Well, if you can block out the sun, you're going to cut back on that solar power and you're going to remain the stronghold in the energy sector. Okay, So ultimately, these nefarious characters, they want to block out the sun. Well, they have these long plans that last even a generation. So in 2001, the Department of Energy came out with this publication. And if you're researching chemtrails, if you're researching stratospheric aerosol injection, solar geoengineering, you're not looking up the right terms. You know, I had to really dig to find this one. And off the top of my head, I never knew to look up tropospheric aerosol program. You know, the troposphere is just one layer in the atmosphere. And I never knew there was a tropospheric aerosol program until I came across this document. But it's a very, very, very critical piece. So the Department of Energy is completely entrenched with this program. And you'll find that the coal fire, the coal fire power plants, they have these filters in the smokestacks. And from those filters, they filter out the coal smoke. And that is called coal fly ash, which is the stuff that they prevent from going into the atmosphere. Well, they have to do something with that coal fly ash. It's this gross stuff that contains a lot of heavy metals like cadmium, aluminum, barium, strontium, and all these other nasty things. Well, they put it directly on trains. And if you follow the money, there's been researchers that have exposed this at various conferences that I've hosted. If, if you find this, you realize that they put this coal fly ash directly on trains and it's taken directly to U.S. Air Force military bases. Then they can refine it and they'll have their nanoparticulate metallics that they need for their agenda, which is to control the weather. Okay, 1995, the U.S. Air Force came out with a paper controlling the weather by 2025. And, mm-hmm. since, and since 1995, there's been stuff like this aerotoxic syndrome where flight attendants and people up in planes are getting sick from aluminum. They don't know why. So, so the Department of Energy is totally involved. They even provide what's being sprayed. Okay. Also, the Department of Energy, through their power plants, they release gigantic plumes of moisture. There's also um, in the same program, maybe not directly affiliated with the Department of Energy, there are these other devices that are in the Gulf of Mexico and in the ocean and 
even outside of British Columbia, I've witnessed them in the ocean and their surface air water cooling technology. And what it is is these smokestack looking things that just heat water and produce these giant moisture plumes. Okay. Well, I've been in a plane over Houston and I, when I first saw this a decade ago, I thought that a power plant was on fire, but it wasn't smoke. It was moisture. So if you want to control the weather, you have to get it all dialed in. And first and foremost is cloud creation and then control of those clouds. Okay. So they put up gigantic moisture plumes. Then, then they hit them with aerosols through drones or jets or even high altitude balloons. And then once the moisture plumes have these nanoparticulate metallics in them, such as aluminum, barium, strontium, they become ionized because they're mixing these chemicals together. They're making them radioactive, basically. And then you can zap them with your antenna arrays and you can steer them around. Well, in a very simple example, thank you for bearing with me. In a very no, it's fascinating. Go in ahead. a very simple example, these moisture plumes put off by the power plants. So, for instance, nuclear power. Okay, nuclear power. They create a um, nuclear reaction, and then they keep having to cool it down so it doesn't get over overboard. They they pour water on on the you know uranium, and then the the there's moisture created so if you just think about it that simply that power plants get hot and they were already making clouds and then they figured out a way to get orchestrated with this agenda to be the producer of these moisture plumes then it starts falling into place well in houston they have this network set up and when harvey came just recently hurricane harvey came it hit Houston, but then it circles back, and there's videos. There's there's an anonymous character. Um, he remains anonymous. His name is Weather War 101, and he's very well-researched, and he exposes it very eloquently in a YouTube video. It was picked up by, I believe, Natural News. It's very easily found. But Hurricane Harvey, what it did after it went and hit Houston is it steps aside from Houston and these magical moisture plumes come up from the ground, okay? Not from the Gulf, but from where there's ground below. And Hurricane Harvey refuels three times. It goes and picks up more moisture from these power plants. It goes back to Houston and dumps it on Houston. It goes back to the power plants, picks up more moisture three different times. And that's how we they were able to completely flood Hurricane Harvey. Now, Irma was on the other coast, and Irma goes right over the next rad station, and it gets really deep and complicated. But if you really get well-researched well or, or even watch some of my presentations, I really expose or talk about this Hurricane Joaquin. Hurricane Joaquin was a few years ago, but it was very obviously weaponized for the first time in the history of recorded hurricanes. Hurricane Joaquin had a directional arm on its um, periphery. So Hurricane Joaquin was out in the Atlantic Ocean just off the coast of South Carolina, and then all of a sudden all of the energy of the hurricane came into a directed energy weapon. Okay, It was an arm coming off the hurricane where the energy left the eye of the storm. It went into the arm of the hurricane, and for the first time in history – there was this term, it's called an atmospheric river fire hose. And this fire hose came off of this hurricane, whereas hurricanes are normally circles spinning. It had this arm, and for a full day, this arm 
it flooded South Carolina and they called it a thousand year floods, a, a thousand year flood. So in different circumstances, they're creating these catastrophic weather events, even on our home soil, and calling it climate change, calling it global warming, and scaring people into thinking that they need some sort of solution to this. Okay. So I, I was taking notes as you were speaking. Everything you said just blew my mind. Now, number one, I'm American, so the very first thing is like, all right, who do I sue if they're ruining everybody's property i mean people flooded out of their house they had to do a mass exodus exodus out of miami all of florida is like just dislocated now and then of course harvey that was miserable as you mentioned how do the citizens they just ruined everything and how do we know who did this to us i know it sounds like oh they and the agenda and but who's doing this? I know that this stuff goes through UN, NATO, and America are all doing this together. And I guess you're saying that our Department of um, Energy facilitates this, and would it be our Army? I know they have a, a or the Air Force for sure because of that um, document you talked about owning the weather. They seem very uh, into this too. Well, who's? How do we direct ourselves to fight any of this? So that's a great question, and that question, believe it or not, comes up um, almost on a daily basis for me. I do a lot of grassroots activism, and I'm always passing out a flyer or handing out a DVD or helping put up a billboard, whatever it is. I'm out there, and I'm talking to people, and everybody wants to know the who, what, why, where, and when before they can build an opinion and have build an, build an argument or even have a mental construct for something. If you can't give them all the answers, they'd rather just not believe that something so bad could be happening. Good so, point, good point. So the who, you know, the who gets really deep and involved. And a lot of things, the, the one main thing that people need to realize is that there is a compartmentalization going on. Mm-hmm. So first people are compartmentalized, then they are indoctrinated, then they're on a need-to-know basis. And if you're compartmentalized, indoctrinated, and on a need-to-know basis, you don't – you're not very held liable or accountable for your actions, if you know what I I mean. So so first off, there's – it's hard to get to the who when even the people who are manning the aircraft that are spraying and exacerbating the hurricanes, they're being told something different. They're on a need-to-know basis. They're being told that they're helping um, by shielding the sun to stop global warming or whatever it may be. Okay? So why would the U.S. military industrial complex, why would it commit these acts of treason on their own people? Well, that's a great question. It's because it's a rogue – It's a, sorry, it's a rogue treasonous <laughs> – it's a rogue, treasonous group. So after 9-11, we entered into a completely new dystopian timeline where, well, first of all, there's all of this – half of the checks that Congress signs go to black ops. So nobody knows where the money goes. Everything got top secret, everything under the guise of national security. So if you really want to get down to it, we have to go all the way back. Well, we can go all the way back to the 1920s, 1930s, but but ultimately, to make it simple, we can just go to World War II. After World War II, there were 1,000 Nazi scientists that were escorted to the United States. These are war criminals, 
Okay, I'm under the firm belief that we did not win that war, and I know that sounds a little cuckoo, but I'm but after all of this understanding that I've come to, to realize as of late, I really don't think that we were victorious. But either way, whether we were or we weren't, we escorted 1,000. This is public record. We escorted 1,000 Nazi scientists over in a program called Operation Paperclip. At that point, that those 1,000 Nazi scientists they created. NASA. Mm-hmm. Since since then, NASA has been full of lies. NASA gets paid fifty four million dollars per day, okay, and they have a chemtrail program. Their program is called CARE, C A R E, <laughs> and it stands for the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. And through CARE, with this astronomic budget, they get to create. Artificial clouds, and they publicly say, like I said, that they use the atmosphere as a laboratory, and they mix these same chemicals that are found in these patents for geoengineering. They mix these chemicals, barium, strontium, aluminum, in the atmosphere to create ionized clouds. They call them noctilucent, noctilucent clouds. Okay, so if you keep digging and digging, you'll find that the MK Ultra mind programming brainwashing program the mk ultra this was originated through this nazi group of scientists these 1000 scientists that were escorted over during operation paperclip so why would they the the notorious they commit crimes on their own people it's because we we aren't their own people it's a rogue treasonous element and they're entrenched in hollywood through disney and hollywood and the military industrial complex and the controlled media, they can frame into any, mini, any mental construct that they want. They can convince us of anything just through the programming as they program us. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we get to the bottom of it? The answer really is I liken it to the GMO movement. There was a time when people – didn't know about GMOs and people got upset and they said, who do I speak to? How do I? And what did you what did they do? Well, they had to first raise enough awareness for enough people to know that it was going on. Then it reaches a critical mass and then enough voices are heard that people demand labeling. And then we got to get to a point where we go into the grocery store and we can get stuff that's sprayed with glyphosate and atrazine and all these other poisonous herbicides and pesticides or we can buy organic and we and the choice is ours. Right. Same thing with fluoride, fluoridated water. Enough people well, maybe not enough quite yet, but people get loud about fluoride and the awareness comes to the forefront. And now I have the choice whether or not I want to live in a town that's fluoridated, whether or not I want to drink fluoridated water or if I want to get the water filtered or whatever. You know, it's my choice. But the chemtrails, the geoengineering, we're not there yet. And not only are we not there yet, meaning we're not publicly loud enough to reach that hundredth monkey to get to that tipping point. We're actually up against a media normalization propaganda machine with an unlimited budget that's convincing the world that we actually need these things to save us. I never thought I'd see the day when I was making this film, Frankenskies, I thought I was making a film to convince the world that chemtrails exist but towards the end of producing the movie luckily i took longer than i was wanting to towards the end of producing the movie the media started coming out with 
they came out with 12 new clouds just a couple months ago. Yes, those, I saw those, that. Those 12 new clouds are all, are all, um, harp, ionosphere, keter orchestrated or chemtrail orchestrated clouds. They started yes. coming out with all of these media sources saying that we needed a fix to global warming and they show a, a sky gridded with chemtrails and they say, this is geoengineering. Learn about geoengineering. It's going to be the savior for planet Earth. So now the story has, has, abruptly shifted from from me and my film trying to convince the world that chemtrails actually exist and to look up and wake up and see what's going on to to hey they're spoon feeding you a solution to all of your problems blaming you for your carbon emissions blaming you for dying polar bears even though the polar bears are fine by the way and they are saying that this is a new thing for a problem that we have created and that we need to sign on for this and be thankful for it because they have the governance bodies in place and they want to launch full-scale global deployment of geoengineering. Okay. I'm going to back up just a little bit because you said Please. that um, the media is programming us. Now, I saw this or recognized that this was happening when Al Gore rolled out with his Inconvenient Truths movie. They had that in every single elementary school. I know somebody that's seen that movie nine times. He's about probably your age now, maybe a little younger than you. But he saw that movie nine times from elementary school to high school. So they really got the idea that global warming was happening. And now I think they've primed a generation to be very, very concerned about the environment. And, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about Al Gore and, and his movie, but they definitely primed a generation to be very, very concerned about the environment. Um, how does he fit in to the whole scheme of things as a personality? I know he just did a, a movie and it kind of flopped. Good. Um, I'm glad it flopped. Um, Al Gore is a puppet. Mm -hmm. He's he's nothing short of a puppet in their or their their play it's it's a gigantic play and if you can step outside the box and and see it as exactly that then you can see how diabolical and how orchestrated the entire thing is just like leonardo dicaprio is also a puppet okay these people are actually either mind controlled or they're working for the nefarious characters but either way they're on the wrong side and they are what's called controlled opposition, right? So Al Gore seems like that he's the good guy looking out for the polar bears and exposing um, carbon as this horrible thing and, and, and coining this term global warming and climate change. You saw in my movie that he went on the Ellen show and even introduces to millions of people the concept of geoengineering, the concept of of, of spraying particulates in the atmosphere to block out the sun. So, so that, that just, was quite incredible. That was incredible. It's scary, yeah. but yeah, he's just part of it, and um, he he'll he'll have his day of judgment just like all these other characters. But he's he's no one to look up to. Right. Um, so now back to what you're saying about you brought up MK Ultra, and then I wrote down Disney Hollywood. That's what brought me to the Al Gore experience. But when you start talking about MK Ultra, that's very, like, people are, oh, my gosh, this is just crazy talk. But 
there's definitely types of entrainment. I've heard Catherine Austin Fitz talk about this that she recognizes as going on on TV. I know that I worked for a company. It was a defense contractor. And I would get information from a company called NeuroFocus. Uh, Nielsen Ratings now owns it. But that company started off um, by putting electrodes on little kids' heads and having them watch TV. They wanted to see what parts of the, their heads were you know, their brains were lighting up. And the whole point of that was to keep people engaged, but make them not move, like excite them to the point that they wanted to like, it it was raising their heart rates and everything. It's basically, they're learning how to brainwash people. And when you start talking about MK Ultra and this entrainment sort of stuff, that's when it starts getting sketchy for people. They want to turn that off. They're like, yeah, but I like my shows, you know, and How do and you obviously have been up against this, Um, and you've, I guess you've come to the conclusion that you have to be the media yourself, right? Am I putting words in your mouth? No, you're right. And um, I mean, back before I was getting completely censored online, a lot of people said, "Where do you get your your information from?" And I said, "Go on my Facebook timeline. That's where I get my information from myself." But like I said, you can take truth as the authority. Or authority is the truth. It's up to you. A lot of people that they don't know that the television is a patented mind control device. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. I mean, it's so layered, but even the educational system has been totally reworked to be an indoctrination process. The, the English language was completely twisted around to have us literally casting spells. There's not, there's no coincidence that it's called governmental. The government is governing, it's controlling our minds. Okay, if you could step back from it all and watch the news through this new perspective, this new lens, you see not only scripted, okay, like there's Conan O'Brien snippets and what have you, and I talk about it briefly in the film Frankenskies, I just touch upon it, but the, 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 the nationwide media is completely scripted and it's to form these massive mental constructs so that they know that everybody's on the same page and they can frame everybody's thinking. Okay. Now this is very difficult to understand, but like I said, the television was patented as a mind controlled device. They figured out how to pulse the screen to put your brain wave into a certain state so that you would be programmable. If you watch, if I watch the news, I see the news reporters putting you in a place of fear. And then once you're in fear, then they can tell you how to think. So a lot of people don't know about false flags and I don't want to get too much into it. (laughs) That's okay. Because quite frankly, we've done a bunch of shows about false flags here. So our audience definitely should know about false flags by now, but yeah, go ahead. Start talking. Good. And yesterday, was the anniversary of 9-11 or was it two yes. days ago? So uh, yes. so on 9-11, when it actually happened, there was the BBC. And the BBC, they came out and they reported that World Trade Center building number seven, another, a third building in New York, had actually fallen. All right. The building fell surprisingly and it fell at free fall speed. The official story is that there were office furnishings fires in the building from debris falling from the other towers and those office furnishings fires created 
a critical um, failure for the whole building because one of the support beams was on fire. And the whole building fell in its own footprint at free fall speed, no resistance whatsoever. We're talking about concrete and steel. So it was a complete surprise. But the BBC, they read their script. They reported their, quote, news 26 minutes early, and the building was still standing behind her. Okay, so it just gives you one example of the scripted media. And if you think deep into 9-11 and what where that took us with Homeland Security, our rights and the global war on terrorism that has never ended and invading Iraq for no reason and all these other things, it's all propaganda to push an agenda. These nefarious scumbags sit down behind closed doors and literally map out the course of humanity. And they have the ability to actually maneuver humanity into this Hegelian fear-based dialectic to get what they want. And we only know what they want by seeing their actions. Another false flag, if you're on the fence or if you want to research anything incredible, was San Bernardino. San, no, no, no. San Bernardino was totally insane, yes, but there was the LAX TSA shooting. So at LAX, Los Angeles Airport, the TSA, what is it, Travel Security Administration, there was this shooting. And there was a person put in a wheelchair and they were being escorted away by the SWAT team and all of these characters, the SWAT team, the ambulance, they were all pretending like this person was actually in a wheelchair. Well, and the live reporters were reporting the, the chaos and everyone watching the TV is supposed to be shook and scared and giving up their guns and what have you, right? But the, one of the first helicopters on the scene, they zoom in on this scene. And they see a literal dummy in a wheelchair, a, a mannequin. And I've posted this on online a bunch, and I encourage you to look it up on YouTube. You can just look up LAX TSA mannequin. There's literally a mannequin in the wheelchair, but the public is to, to believe that this is a victim of a shooting incident, right? Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't wake you up, you can you know dig, dig, dig deeper into Sandy Hook and all these other things. But there's so many things that are completely – 100% orchestrated. Oftentimes people don't even die. And they are to shape our mental constructs and to push some sort of agenda. And that's the same thing with, with this global warming shenanigan. And ultimately, people, like I said, they want to know the who, what, why, where, when. And the why is a big thing. But the why is to have full spectrum dominance over planet Earth. If you can control the sunlight, if you can control the weather and who gets rain, where and when, who gets drought, where and when, who gets completely flooded and hit by hurricanes, and then as you're administering these metallic uh, nanoparticles in the atmosphere and zapping them with these frequency control devices, you can actually control the frequency at ground level. And as we know, our brains and our hearts operate in this certain resonant frequency that's actually the same as the Schumannic resonant of the planet Earth or Schumann's resonant of the planet Earth. As you mess with the frequency, you can actually control the minds of the people. So the why is to control basically everything on Earth. So what I'm hearing you saying is that somebody thinks they're the master gardener or farmer and we're their flock and they're controlling their, their farm. They think the earth is their farm and they're trying to like set up the, you know, the sheep. I, I hate to use that thing, but the sheep are going to be over here and they're going to do what I want them to do. And 
we're going to have the food grown over here and we'll have the water and the crops being watered over here. And these groups over here, they're kind of useless to us right now. So maybe we'll thin them out and maybe this other group is more important to us and maybe we'll pump them up. That's how, that's how I'm imagining when you're talking. And who are, I mean, I know I keep saying this, but has it gone on for much longer than we can imagine? Like you said, generations and generations. I mean, has it gone back to like the royalty of the world? You know, like we've got the, when, let's say the Western, honestly, even before that, probably before an ancient, ancient cultures, there's empires. And that's, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, this is just coming out of my mouth as I'm talking to you. It's kind of the stream of consciousness. But I feel like there is some sort of force that's compelling these people in these higher, uh, I guess you could say government, that rule people to do these things to us. And I, I, that just sounds weird when I say it, but I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But Matt, good God, this is incredible. Well, yeah, you, you nailed it on the head there. Good God, right? And where you're reaching is a kind of a spiritual level. You're kind of asking me a spiritual level, like what the heck is going on and where are we and what is this? And, and we live in a place of duality, right? And where there's good, there's evil, where there's light, there's dark and all these things. And mm-hmm. the, the, the most, the, the hardest thing to grasp is that we are good. Well, that's not the hardest thing to grasp. The hardest thing to grasp is that there's people out to get us, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it comes down to our true powers and that we, I believe, that we are, we have an evolving DNA and that eventually humanity does see the light of day and we have an awakening of consciousness, whatever that means, you know, whether we blast off into beams of light or we just develop a utopian society on earth, whatever it may be, there's characters that don't want that to happen. They want to have complete control. They don't want to have to face their karma and they definitely don't want us to come into our true powers. Okay, Mm -hmm. so for instance, do you know about the Tavistock Institute? Yes. So the Tavistock Institute in the the 1920s or 30s, they reworked the music on Earth. So before that, the music was tuned to an A of 432 hertz. Well, that resonates with the human body. All of our organs, our brain, our heart, all of our organs, they put out a frequency. It harmonizes together and it resonates with 432 hertz. Well, music tuned to 432 hertz can actually resonate with us and it uplifts us and helps us get in touch with our spiritual side and whatever that means. We become enlightened. We become better people. We're in harmony, whatever it may be. But there was a nefarious group of Nazis, yet again, the Nazi, the Third Reich, they retuned the music to 440 hertz. They convinced Britain to do it, and now all of our music is tuned to 440 hertz. Well, that doesn't resonate with us at all, and it is actually weaponized, really. It's it's harmful to us and disharmonious, 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You've got fluoridation. You've got GMO. You've got vaccination. You've got all of these things, the chemtrails. You've got all these things that are trying to keep us down. And then ultimately you ask, why? Well, why is because they don't want us to have our true powers. What are our true powers? I don't know exactly. I think it gets to a really spiritual level. I think that that's deep into the future. But ultimately, it's our evolution of humanity and they want it to be artificially controlled they want us to be turning into cyborgs and they they want us to become dehumanized Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i recently spoke to the editor of um the transhumanism uh magazine and he was telling us how that was another thing that was blowing my mind too, that this has been going on for quite some time where they've been working with uh, basically governments and what you said about the Nazis coming to America. um, This has been something that's been going on for longer than I've been alive, obviously, and quite frankly, probably longer than my parents were alive. And it's just, wow. Okay, good. (laughs) Goodness gracious. All right. Now let's go back to the, the things that we can touch, feel, and deal with right here in this experience. We've got the the, the coal fly uh, ash stuff. Um, Now, that you're saying they're spraying it into the air or they're aerosoling it into the air to, like, to block out the sun so you don't get the solar radiation. What is the logic behind that? Obviously, it doesn't make logic because you don't want to put – things that pollute into the air to stop. Go ahead. You talk. Okay. I will happily do that. So, so the, the daunting thing about the solar geoengineering agenda is that it is so layered. Okay. It's not just one thing. There's no short answer for any of it. You know, you want to ask me who's doing it? I can say Bill Gates, Kim Caldera, David Keith. And that's amazing. You got to speak to Kim Caldera. He's a total scumbag. So, (laughs) And I'm glad you could, I'm glad you could stomach that. Um, there's two characters, two primary solar geoengineers. There's Ken Caldera out of Stanford and there's David W. Keith out of Harvard. And they're really these puppets pushing this whole agenda along. Mm-hmm. So the, the short answer is there's lots of layers. There's weather as a weapon. There's wet, there's control of weather, complete control of, of weather. And then there is the agenda to, reduce the the sun's impact on the planet and to cool down the planet okay there's and then there's biological and there's all these other layers a lot of people don't know you can look this up on wikipedia a lot of people don't know about operation big itch in operation big itch fleas were aerosolized and dropped over alabama to see if disease could be spread via fleas coming out of planes they did the same thing with mosquitoes now, I've got eyewitnesses sending me photos of ticks from falling from the sky. And as we know, Lyme's disease is on the rise. And if you dig deep into Lyme disease, you'll even find out that that disease was created by the U.S. military industrial complex in a place called Plum Island. Okay, you can you can. Yes, I, I know where it is. It's like right down the street. I'm in Rhode Island, and Plum Island's in Connecticut. And everybody, I everybody I know has had Lyme's disease, been treated for it. And it's horrible. Can I tell you something? It's very, it's, it's miserable. That's really sad to hear. I have yeah. a friend that was able to recover from it by taking GC 
GCMAF, G-C-M-A-F, which is a macrophage activation factor um, probiotic yogurt. So yeah. a lot of people don't – I mean, I could just talk about all these different oh, subjects I know. forever. And it's interesting you say that because the cure that they give you is something that literally kills everything in your gut. It, like they give you antibiotics that kills mm-hmm. everything, and then you've got to – that's probably half the problem why you're feeling so horrible with it too. Yeah, that's really sad. So I just want to touch upon that. So a lot of um, holistic doctors were being killed out of Florida because they had discovered this link to nagalase and mm-hmm. autism. And and synthetic nagalase is actually in vaccines. So they were discovering this link of vaccines to autism, and they were actually curing autism. Dr. Bradstreet was one of the first. He, he was jailed. His house was raided, and then he died. Mis- his house was raided by the FBI, and then he died mysteriously two days after that raid. And what has been uncovered and not gone public to the masses, which is very unfortunate, is that there is this 12-strain probiotic that our bodies have never seen, our ancestors have never seen. And once you take this probiotic over a certain amount of time, it makes your liver excrete these things that are called macrophages. That's why it's called a macrophage activation factor. And these macrophages at a molecular level, they look like little Miss Pac-Man. And these Pac-Man go chomping through your system and they just destroy funguses, cancers, nagalase, and anything else that's bad in your system. And then they're, and then the white blood cells come around and escort those things out of your body after they've been tagged up. Well, it was magic, and people were being cured literally of autism. And these doctors were getting pretty vocal, and then they all mysteriously started dying. And now it's just left to me and you to spread this around. And there's you can still get it online, but it is becoming very hard to get a hold of. But literally, it's just a um, yogurt. It's 12 probiotics that if you mix together and you shelf for a while, they eat each other up. So it's got a shelf life. But either way, I had a friend fully recovered from Lyme's disease, and he could hardly even walk. But after 90 days of taking this yogurt, he's totally – he can't even feel the pain anymore. So he's – he's I would call it 100% recovery from, from the Lyme's. But either way, I, I – right, so Say I, that – say the name of that thing again because people want to probably write this down and check it out. So, it's called um, capital G, lowercase c, capital M, capital A, capital F, GC Math. And I believe I have on my computer the company that is selling it, and I can get back to you later. Yeah, put, there's a there's a few I'll different put it on our archives. Yeah, there's a few different places that you can find it. I put on my Facebook these su- subsequent videos of a woman explaining how to actually make it, and I can send you the information later. Um, but it is it is very critical, and the thing about the medical mafia or big pharma is when these things come out and they really work they get scared because they know that they could just go belly up if these cures got out there so they just go on a killing spree and then people like you and i that we get to see the truth out of that because whoa why were these people turning up dead so fast so the back to chemtrails so it's deep right there's biological there's there's things showing up in the rainwater on heavy chemtrail spray days such as terbium, T-E-R-B-I-U-M. Terbium is a rare earth mineral. It's, it is 
ridiculously expensive and it isn't in these areas where it's being found. But the one thing it's used for is plasma television screens. So there's even this project called Project Blue Beam where a hologram is projected onto these um, certain chemicals in the atmosphere. They're even testing with holographic projections in our skies. So it's, like I said, it gets really layered and deep. But I'll just start or I'll, or I'll just segue into how I woke up to chemtrails and then it'll kind of talk about what chemicals are used for what. Okay, that's awesome. Just so you know, we're going to go to a break in a little bit. So if you're rolling and I have to cut you off, just know that that's what we're doing. But we're going to come back for a second hour. So you go. Go ahead. We're into this. Go ahead. Awesome, and thank you. You're welcome. I like to tell people that I'm just a normal guy. I really am. I'm not a tinfoil hat wearing crazy person. Um, And I'm not, you know, I didn't come from a lot of money or anything like that. Like activism is just something that happened for me and I'm just a normal guy that turned into an activist. I devoted my life to this um, just under three years ago. So I'm from Virginia. I grew up um, right outside Washington, D.C. I went to Virginia Tech. I got a degree in business and then ultimately I wanted to get into film. So I moved to California. I worked in Los Angeles and San Diego, all sorts of different jobs. I've worked in restaurants. I've been a mortgage broker. I've worked in real estate. I worked in the stock market. I was also a finance analyst. I've done, I've worked construction. I've done a lot of stuff. So after going to Northern California to Cal State University of Humboldt, I got a master's in business and then I got um, some film credentials because ultimately I wanted to learn about film. I wanted to make movies, you know, or at least, you know, partake in, in, um, being in this in the movie making business and afterwards I worked as a finance analyst and then finally I wanted to get out of the cubicle and take advantage of the rural um, environment that I lived in and I worked as a farmer I was I worked on a squash and potato and pumpkin farm and that's where I got literally grounded and learned a lot of stuff I learned that if you put a potato in the ground that it grows potatoes Right. I was 35 years old and I did not or 34 years old. I didn't know that potatoes grew potatoes. Right. That's how disconnected I was with nature. Yet I was totally informed and educated, quote unquote, educated. So while working on this farm, we had this instance where we were in the midst of a quite catastrophic drought. California had never seen five years of drought like this. And we were subject to it where I was living, even though it's a moist environment up in Northern California. And every fall, we usually got this seasonal deluge. The ecosystem was literally expecting this four months of rain that came along every November or so. And I'm out there um, being told by my farmer, Paul, my boss, to harvest these pumpkins because an early storm was coming in. And... The weather meteorologist said that we were going to get one week of heavy rain. The, the amphibious creatures from underneath my house, the frogs and salamanders, they came out expecting this heavy rain. You could literally feel the rain coming. And being a mile off the coast, I could see these black storm clouds coming in off of the ocean. So I'm expecting we're going to get dumped on. So we're out there in our rain boots um, doing our thing, harvesting um, squash. And all of a sudden, a dozen planes showed up. And they grid the sky just on the edge of the storm system. Well, the storm came 
And we had black clouds for a few days, but no rain fell out of these clouds, none. And even as the storm parted, still those those lines were in the sky from the planes. And I thought nothing of it because, you know, I didn't know anything about that. I knew 9-11 was bogus, but I didn't know anything about I didn't even know vaccines were bad at that point. You know, this is just a few years ago. So I just shelved it in my memory bank and went on with my life. But I witnessed it again. And I started to kind of ask questions. And one of my friends from back home, he just casually mentioned to me like, yeah, what are you going to do trying to tell people about 9-11, blah, blah, blah. But but how can they ignore chemtrails? They're right in your face. And I said, what, what's right in my face? And it literally was right in my face. And he's like, chemtrails, you know about this, right, Matt? And I'm like, no. But that one mention, like your voice is your weapon. I cannot stress it enough. It literally is because that one mention, it changed, it changed my life. And then I've been able to bring that truth to a number of other people, which is, I'm, I'm happy to be in the position to do so. So I started digging into what chemtrails were and I learned that People in California were actually witnessing the same thing that I witnessed. And on the edge of these storms, these planes would come. They'd leave these persistent linear cirrus cloud formations, gritting the sky on the edge of these dark storm clouds, and the storms wouldn't drop any rain. Some of the storms would drop a little bit of rain, and people that were super curious would test the rainwater. Well, lo and behold, the rainwater was coming up with thousands of times of safe levels of aluminum. Well, now that I'm fully researched, I can tell you that back in 1916, there was a gentleman by the name of Hatfield. His last name was Hatfield, Professor Hatfield. Hatfield was hired by the city of San Diego, who was experiencing drought at the time, because he said he thought he could make it rain. He built a tower 35 feet, I believe, in the air. He climbed up on this tower, and literally just sprayed – I mean this is this is so archaic compared to what they do now. And this is 1916. You know, a lot of people, they don't know the history of it. And that's especially why it was important for the my film Frankenskies, which is on YouTube, for it to have the chronology at the beginning. So don't let that history um, get you not watching the movie. It's important because it starts historically in this chronology to get us where we're at. But in 1916, he sprayed a conco- concoction – that was silver-based, and lo and behold, he made the clouds empty their rain, and it flooded for days, and he learned the very beginning steps of weather manipulation. All right. All right, we're going to come back after this break, and we're going to learn more about your movie Frankenskies, and everybody hang on. All right, we're back for the second hour of Shadow Citizen. I'm Rachel L. McIntosh. I'm your host. And tonight, today, I've got Matt Landman with me. He's the uh, writer and the director of the movie Frankenskies. Um, and this past hour just blew my mind. We had a sweeping conversation about everything from directed energy weapons to um, the Department of Energy and coal fly ash down to G- the GMO movement and the cure to autism and the doctors that were giving out is basically a type of a type of yogurt um, and how and how that helped with Lyme's disease on top of our conversation about geoengineering which we're going to continue right now so if you missed the first hour 
definitely, I'm going to archive all this stuff. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on SoundCloud, Vimo, um, iTunes, BitChute. What else is on Steam? It. It's it's everywhere. I, that's my whole thing because YouTube was blocking me at first when I first started to do this. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to throw all this information out like confetti and see where it lands. So I I try to distribute as far as wide as I can. So everybody, I want to welcome back Matt, Matt Landman um, with the, his movie Franken Skies, which I would hope you guys would check out. It's on YouTube, um, and I believe you can rent it on YouTube or you can buy it. Um, when, how do they get it from you, Matt, this movie? They, it's on YouTube, right? I'm glad that you mentioned, and thank you so much for having me and for the lo- lovely introduction. I am glad that you mentioned, mentioned censorship because when I talk about it, people think I'm crazy, but I'm not. Um, I have a background in statistics. I know what an anomaly is. And when I have 23,000 followers on Facebook and I post, I post, I, or I used to post like a hundred things a day and I would lay it on thick and I used to lose followers, but then I started gaining momentum where I would gain 100 to 500 followers a day and I would go on ground zero with Clyde Lewis, two million listeners and I'd get 500 more followers that day and I would post something and it would get 20,000 shares. And now I'm lucky if, if anything gets more than 50 likes. Okay. Right. So what, what happened was is, I, my Facebook page was applied an algorithm where, where it's, it's like, it's like containing a forest fire, right? And the truth was spreading too fast for the powers that be. So they made it that my posts only go to people who are, who are already like-minded. So mm-hmm. if I post something about geoengineering, the only people who see it are the people who have already been categorized and who Facebook knows already knows about it. So I'm not reaching anybody new. And just the same on YouTube, my YouTube channel is pretty new. It's just my name, Matt Landman, L-A-N-D-M-A-N. I've got some amazing information on there. And I was faced with the moral dilemma, what do I do with this movie that I've put two years of my life and money and energy and everything into? And ultimately, how am I going to have it seen by the most people? I just put it on YouTube for free, right? Mm -hmm. So you just type in Frankenskies and there it is. It got to 100,000 hits like yesterday after two months. But what happened was I put it up and it was getting between six and 7,000 views every single day. Then when it got to 72,000, somehow that was the cutoff at 72,000, it just froze. Mm -hmm. And no more, no more viral video, no more access. People were messaging me, hey, I, I clicked like or I commented on your video and now it's been removed. I don't know what happened, but it sat at 72,000. And so then, I was like, okay, well, what can I do now? So I just started going on radio shows and I've just got to like claw my way to get to where I'm at and I'll claw my way to 10 million if I have to, you know, but, but here we are in this dystopian reality where 1984 is 2017 and we have to do what we can to get it out there. And I applaud you for using all those resources and I need to do the same. So I want to tell you, I pulled up the screenshot on my garbled desktop and the place to find that GC math yogurt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's called Living Technologies. Okay. Living, te- Living Technologies, and you can find these short videos on how to make it. It's really, really, it's just, it's just so simple 
that it scared the crap out of the out of big pharma, so they had to start killing doctors. When things are really simple, they just start offing people, and it's really scary. For instance, Dr. Sebi. S-E-B-I. Dr. Sebi, he was curing AIDS. He was curing cancer. He was curing everything with a highly alkaline specific diet. And he found all of these different plants that were highly alkaline. If, if anybody's familiar with pH, you can have yeah. the acidity of soil. You can have to also have the acidity of water or your body. Your body maintains at a pH just above 7. I think it's 7.4, 7.2. So if you have an alkaline diet, then things like fungus and parasites and bacteria and cancer, they cannot thrive. But in an acidic environment where you're drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, eating pepperoni pizza, you know, just eating poorly, you have this – even peanut butter, I've learned, is really highly acidic and that's how these um, bad guys – fuel themselves is on is on living in an acidic environment so so what it was so yeah chemtrails geoengineering do you want to get back on that i could talk about oh, yeah. health yeah, i, I could talk could. about vaccines and health all day but we can oh, probably i know, I know. Well, you said something last time uh, last hour about how they could think i'm thinking of irma and harvey the two hurricanes that we everybody just watched on you know watch devastate the area um, and I found it interesting while I was watching one of the major uh, news channels that might have been CNN, they were talking about the, the guys that fly into the eye of the hurricane. And it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. And they were talking about how they were using, I think it was MRIs. They were doing some sort of MRI or CAT scan into the hurricane. And I was like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. But when you said the metal particulates, in the clouds, and they're falling down into people's water, rainwater, which, by the way, I did have my water tested after interviewing somebody about this, and my water, rainwater, did come back full of aluminum, barium, strontium, and something else, and I was, I was that blew me away. That's was like, okay, that's when I got involved with all this. Like, I have to know more about this, and j- just if people are listening and they want to get their water tested, you could go to zerogeoengineering.com. And they'll hook you up with a water test, okay, because they're trying to put stuff together to pass anti-geoengineering laws in several different states. So they would happily help you find your – get your water tested because they will help their case. But anyhow, back to you. So this um, guy on TV, he was – in, you know, they're interviewing this guy literally flying through the eye of the hurricane, and he's saying it's a massive storm. It's actually kind of beautiful, and we're – sending out MRIs, or I think it was CAT scans. And you had mentioned that they could send waves through the, like using the clouds almost as a medium for some sort of waves of some sort. Yeah, the more metallic you make it, the more you can you can put these these frequencies into it. But I do I do remember at break I was telling my personal story of weather manipulation and I can I can wrap that up. So mm. there there was this Professor Hatfield in nineteen sixteen he oh, yeah, learned yeah. he learned he could seed clouds by putting silver up there. So silver it's a hydroscopic molecule, meaning the water molecules will actually become attracted to the silver dust. And they will come and form together, get heavy, and fall. And it'll, it's called cloud seeding. Different resorts do it for ski slopes. And, and you can even, if you have enough money, you can pay enough money 
to make it not rain. And that's yeah. what I was witnessing when I woke up to the weather agenda, the weather manipulation agenda, chemtrails, geoengineering, whatever you want to call it. When I woke up to it, I was witnessing aluminum being sprayed. So if you have enough money, you can pay to the tune of $100,000 and you can have a completely blue sky or a milky white haze sky rather for your wedding day, but you can make it not rain on your wedding day meaning they have the technologies and the patents to do so. And what they do is they spray aluminum, and aluminum does the opposite of what silver does. It dissipates moisture and spreads it out. So that's where the very simple explanation of making it rain and making it not rain comes into play. So one thing that I do want to talk about is governance, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they don't know. I keep saying a lot of people they don't know. I want to take that out of my vocabulary. I think I just I think I just started doing that on on this show, and I don't want to be like you don't uh, want to be that guy. You don't I don't want to be, be that kinda, guy. I don't want to be condescending, yeah. but I'm just trying to segue into all these different things, right? Right. Because so, people don't know, <laughs> and that's okay. I don't know. That's why I do this show. I literally don't know this stuff, and it's always blowing my mind when I'm talking to my guests. And I have a feeling a lot of my audience is the same way too. They're curious about a lot of the stuff we're talking about. They're not experts, but they want to know. So it's okay that you said that, but go ahead. Okay, I'm going to start saying one thing that I recently learned is. Good one, good one. So one thing that I recently learned is that there are these governance bodies being put in place. So in Chicago, okay, so first off, we've got this this thing called solar radiation management, and it's abbreviated SRM. Now, this is no different than chemtrails, no different than the charged aerosol release experiment out of NASA, no different than the stratospheric aerosol injections mentioned by the, F- the CIA chief. But this is gaining a lot of attention, so we need to talk about what solar radiation management is. They say that they need to manage the amount of radiation coming from the sun, meaning they need to It's called albedo modification as well. They need to, or albedo enhancement even. They need to, or even they call it cloud whitening. That's a new Mm -hmm. search term. Mm -hmm. They want to slow down the heating of the planet by blocking the sun's rays. Now, it sounds, you know, like if you're not a scientist and you're not privy to all this information, it sounds like a pretty all right kind of idea maybe. You know, but the thing is, is people have been completely normalized and programmed already. When I try to introduce this people, this idea to people that are new to it, they say block out the sun. You mean like in the matrix? And then they tell me, yeah, well, they didn't, that didn't work in the matrix. So why would they try it now? Well, that is exactly what preemptive programming is. They normalize something to a complete extreme so you're desensitized to it when it happens at a lesser level and you're actually comforted by it being lesser than the perception that they've built in your mental framework. So the governance of it all falls under the solar radiation management. There's actually a solar radiation management governance initiative And what they want to do, they claim they want to create a Mount Pinatubo effect. Mm -hmm. So Mount Pinatubo was a volcano in the Philippines. It it erupted and it shrouded the planet with sulfuric dust. Now, that dust got in the atmosphere and it supposedly decreased the planetary temperature 
by one degree Celsius. And they claim that they want to replicate that by spraying their particulates in the atmosphere. So the media, to normalize this and to make it okay with everybody, first and I can I can walk everyone through this through an hour long presentation showing all these different screenshots of every news publication on the planet. The thing that people, <laughs> the thing that I like to convey to everyone is that there is no there is no longer a trusted news source. Growing up, growing up, we had that, and people that are in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, we had a trusted news source growing up. But if they've all been bought. The National Geographic has been bought. The, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Economist, the New York Times, everyone's under the same umbrella of control now. And that's one thing it's, it, that it's hard to sink your teeth into. So the first thing that they did when they were pushing this scenario is they had a meeting. And this one is very fascinating. And it's easy to find if you know the search terms. And I'll be happy to share the link. And I include it in all of my presentations, which I have a presentation online from the last summit that I hosted in Portland that details all this. And they had a meeting of civil society actors. Okay. And this meeting in Washington, D.C., they literally planned out and archived, like the notes are all online. There's a website devoted to it. They archived this exact meeting on how they were going to manipulate the public into thinking that geoengineering was a good idea. And they literally brainstorm and it's on the internet. It's literally right there hidden in plain sight. You just have to find it for yourself. And what they say is, quote, society is not good at strategy, but we are. They uh-huh. say, they say first we're going to propose geoengineering as a horrible idea, but then we'll slowly tell them that it's the only solution. So then immediately after this meeting in 2002, the different, the BBC, the Guardian, all these different publications, they start saying that geoengineering is a horrible idea. We should never do it. Well, unbeknownst to the reader, you're actually being conditioned and programmed to learning about what geoengineering is. Like you think that they're saying it's a horrible idea. They're actually just planting the seed in your head so that the next article, when they say that it's a potential solution, you'll already know what geoengineering is. You see what I mean? So what they did when they were introducing this concept, first they said that they were going to use maybe balloons, maybe drones, maybe planes to aerosolize diamonds, okay, and spray diamonds in the atmosphere. Now, here we are. We're just regular old people reading the newspaper. What are you going to think when you when you read that the government's going to aerosolize diamonds and spray it up there? Well, dang, that's going to be expensive, right? Well, it is, and it's not even what they wanted to do. They just wanted to plant the seed and get this conversation going so that they can get their problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic underway. So first – the news articles, we're going to spray diamonds in the atmosphere, and the diamonds are super reflective, and they'll bounce back the sunlight. It's called solar radiation management. Well, that idea kind of flopped. So then there was this idea of space mirrors. They were going to go put up these little mirrors, millions and millions of little mirrors that will bounce back into space the sunlight. Well, here we are. We're progressing a few months later. Oh, wait, we have another novel idea. It's sulfuric acid and then you get david keith going on these different shows just like I, it's shown in the, my film franken skies where they're saying sulfuric acid we're going to spray sulfuric acid it'll cause acid rain 
and it'll kill 1% of the population, whatever, whatever. But don't worry, we're going to block out the sun just like Mount Pinotubo did when it had its sulfuric acid pumped in the atmosphere. Well, still, people think, well, that's scary, and acid sounds really bad, and, and I think that that might kill people. Well, still, that, that was never their plan. So then finally, they come out and say, we've got the solution. We've got federal support from the exiting Obama administration and the Trump administration is coming in. Congress is signing off on it, and the International Panel on Climate Change agrees that we can use – um, it's, well, it's totally bogus too. And it was, uh, calcium. So they wanted to spray this mineral in the atmosphere. And then they come out, David Keith came out with an article called Stratospheric Solar Geoengineering Without Ozone Loss, where he talks about the administration of this one mineral and says basically he has no idea what it'll do and how it'll work. And then slowly now they're creeping out with the idea of aluminum because aluminum has all of the benefits without the cost and aluminum is the solution. And we feel like that we've kind of been with this discussion of these ideas, good ideas, bad ideas, good ideas, bad ideas. The whole time they've been spraying aluminum, okay, the entire time. But they're trying to slowly normalize it. And now the media has come out with these articles that say that astronomers are getting upset because through solar geoengineering they're going to lose their night sky, that astronomers will no longer be able to look at stars and planets because their night sky is going to be blocked out. This is part of desensitization, part of programming, part of social engineering. They're not mentioning that we're going to lose our sun yet. They're just slowly spoon-feeding us this upcoming dystopia where they have governance bodies in place to block out the sky including the sun, but they are first saying that we're going to lose our night sky because that doesn't sound so bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So in Chicago this past May, on the anniversary of Mount St. Helens erupting, which is May 18th, I believe, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. met at Warren Buffett's um, school in Chicago, the name is slipping me, and it was the first annual solar geoengineering regime, self-proclaimed regime annual meeting. And they met to discuss certain topics, such as should we even take into consideration public health? Should and one of the questions was what role will environment what role will environmental activists play? as we launch full-scale deployment of solar geoengineering, which means will the public get upset? Will there be riots in the streets? Will they even react? Okay. And they were asking for papers. I got a PhD involved and wrote a paper on the human health impacts on the rights that we have. We have the right to say an environmental decision making. We have the right to a healthy environment, all these things. Of course, my paper was rejected. I know another activist out of New Orleans who wrote a children's book called Funny Clouds. Her name's Raphael O'Neill. She came and spoke at my last conference in Portland, Oregon. She also wrote a paper which was rejected. But either way, they met, and behind closed doors, 22 quote-unquote scientists met behind closed doors to plan the launch of solar geoengineering as a full-scale deployment. So governance bodies have been put into place 
behind the scenes through the IPCC, the International Panel on Climate Change, through the Solar Radiation Govern- Solar Radiation Management Governance Initiative. Okay, and if they're already making plans to govern full-scale deployment, then it makes you really think that maybe, you know, maybe just maybe they have a plan that is unfolding right before our eyes. So one thing that has come to my, what was I going to say that I was saying? One thing that I've recently learned is that even the word conspiracy theory, that word was coined by the CIA, okay? This was called Operation Mockingbird, I believe, yes? And in Operation Mockingbird, they created this duality, basically, where it gave people this excuse whenever something like a theory was introduced where you could say, oh, you're just one of those tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists. Well, the word conspiracy theory and the word chemtrails both of these words were created by the same characters that are committing these atrocities. Okay, so yeah, you shouldn't use the word chemtrails. The only reason why you shouldn't use that word is because it's been given a dirty name on purpose. They created the word to fit their agenda so that you could be polarized and have the finger pointed at you as a crazy person. All the while, the media and their disinformation propaganda machine, they're introducing geoengineering as this amazing solution. And you come along and you feel really smart because geoengineering is a big word for one. You learn what it is. You learn the benefits. And then someone comes and says this that crazy conspiracy word, chemtrails, and you get to belittle them. They're the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this happened to uh, Dennis Kucinich. With his bill, and what was it, 2001, he had a really good bill, and he wanted to talk about, you know, monitoring and dealing with geoengineering, but he used the word chemtrails, and it got laughed out of the whole Congress, and it didn't pass. Um, and I think everybody kind of learned their lesson about using that word in a bill, using the word chemtrails in a bill. I believe that was HR 2977. And yeah, yes. he, he brought it to the forefront and he's a hero for doing so. And, and yeah, but what, what happened in that bill, which is very interesting, is it talked about these different things such as aerosolized components and weather weaponry and frequency manipulation and all this stuff. And what that bill was is an international treaty that states that you can't do these things, these certain things to people such as chemtrails. But the caveat, the problem with it all um, is that there's nothing saying you can't do it to your own people. It only says you can't do it to other countries. So there's mm-hmm. these lo- there's these loopholes where you can actually do these things under the guise of research and experimentation to right. your own people. If you watch Frankenskies and you get through the first 20, 30 minutes of the history and you get to the nitty-gritty when they start talking about the radioactive substances sprayed in the ghettos of St. Louis, you learn that – the people of the United States have been researched upon for decades, and it has never stopped. They were loading up station wagons and spraying children with radioactive, I believe it's cadmium, just to see how many kids would die. Okay. This is on U.S. soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
<laughs> so once again, that's the, that we're hitting that point where people are like, ah, oh, this is just too crazy. This is crazy talk. When you're doing all your research and you're coming across these documents, how do you know they haven't been put out there to be, you know, to throw you off track? How do you know they're real when you're looking at them? I have no doubt that there's misdirection, misinformation, disinformation, and all sorts of stuff like that out there. And that's one thing that has come to the forefront, especially as of late, with the subject of fake news. Right. So, so nobody knows what's real anymore now that fake news has been introduced. The entire agenda with fake news, which was CIA-based, okay, was to create a generation of people that just don't know what to believe. So when I do this grassroots activism and I go up to people that are, say, in, in, in university level, Okay, and I, and I say, well, hey, do you know about you know? And I let's let's say I, I look into this person's eyes, and I'm like, okay, I can't say the word chemtrails, but let's let's tell them about solar radiation management. Let's tell them about the plot to block out the sun, and then they'll say, oh, you mean like the Matrix? And then you know we'll talk about this and that. Ultimately, to totally get to the base of the truth, because truth is a frequency. Okay, and once you start resonating with truth, all of the truths start flowing to you. Like an, like an avalanche, like a flood, you know, like there's no stopping it. Once you've opened that door, you just have to let the door open, you know, and it's really up to you. So what I like to t talk to people about when it, when I'm new to it all is 9-11, you know, cause if you're totally, um, a victim of the system and you've been spoon fed all of these lies your entire life, you need a complete and total kick in the face. And 9-11 is exactly that. So I say, well, you know about 9 They say, no, they would never do that to us. And I say, well, what about 9-11? They say, what about 9-11? And I go, well, do you know blah, blah, blah? Do you know this and that? Do you know that no block, black boxes were found and that the Building 7 fell free fall speed? They reported it early and there's no evidence of a plane in Pennsylvania. There's no evidence of a plane in, in um, the Pentagon and da-da-da and the $2.3 trillion announced that there was missing and then Rumsfeld told – the accountants to meet, and then that was the room the next morning where the plane slash missile hit the Pentagon, and la, la 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 la. And you know what people say is they say, "Yeah, I've looked into it, but and I've heard a lot of things, but I don't know what to believe." And what they mean by that is when they go to look at it, they are bombarded with both sides of the story so much that they are able to just build a nice solid brick wall of cognitive dissonance and move on with their life because they don't have enough like they don't have enough tangible information to build that mental construct to formulate an actual opinion because there's so much information on both sides of it so that's the generation we live in these mm -hmm. people are being overwhelmed with information so they don't know what to think so fake news preyed upon that exact concept. So for anything, you know, they can pile on the information on both sides of the fence to the point where people will just throw their arms up and say, okay, well, I'm okay just living my life and saving up for a car or whatever the heck people do with their lives. And they just move on and they can't get active. They can't become an activist. They can't become opinionated. They can't even form an opinion on something because of the bombardment of disinformation, misinformation. So ultimately, the, with the fake news, with all of it, 
it it's a test of your discernment. You, we are being tested and we have to learn how to discern and how to see through the BS. And yeah, probably a couple things have probably tricked me, but ultimately I pride myself in my ability to discern and to see where I'm being manipulated and not. And everybody has some sort of cognitive cognitive dissonance. Everybody has some sort of brainwashing. And even I have learned recently of truths or mistruths that I thought were once one way that aren't and all this stuff. And it just comes down to your gut and, and really knowing what's right and experiencing things for yourself. What I like to do with people who are new to this, instead of bombarding them with information and, and, and grabbing their head and saying, look at the sky, you see those planes, ah, you know, because once you do start looking at it through the right lens, you can see that different chemicals act differently. Different planes drop different stuff. When they're laying it out and they're really doing it, they have Patented from 1975, patented barium release rockets. The rockets, once you start looking at the sky and thinking that there could actually be rockets spraying barium over your head, you can see the trajectory of a rocket. You never before would have even thought that that would have been a rocket until that seed was planted by somebody like me in your head. But now you see the actual trajectory of a rocket going up and going down and that short con looking trail which is a total con in and of itself that short looking trail is actually barium being released to mix with the aluminum oxide to create a chemical reaction but you never would have looked at it like that if you never had that forethought to, to think a little differently so okay so what i like to do with people is be very very gentle okay mm-hmm. the, awakening, the awakening process is not the same for everybody so for people that are very new to it all I like to bring attention to the clear blue days. Beautiful blue sky, fluffy clouds, nothing going on. Not everybody lives underneath a huge airport or a traffic pattern, okay? A lot of people don't. Most everyone does not, okay? And when you live in a place where you can have a few days in a row of nothing going on in the sky, I'm talking no air traffic or maybe a couple planes throughout the day with no trails behind them, that is actually the key to bringing the focus to the sky. It's that abnormal appearance, that abnormal pattern of appearance that is actually a clue. How come on some days you can see seven planes in your sky at the exact same time, crisscrossing your sky, leaving persistent linear cirrus clouds that bellow into a white milky haze that seem to interact with your weather patterns or are making you and your friends maybe sick or angry or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But then there's days Back-to-back days of no air traffic. Did that plane to Hawaii and that plane to New York and that plane to Chicago all of a sudden stop flying? These are actually things to think about because it's those clear days that can be the trigger for people. I've actually witnessed it myself, bringing it to people in that very light and kind way that they just have this. They, everyone has a memory bank, and the older you are, the more memories you have of that cobalt blue, beautiful blue sky and no air traffic, you know? I mean, just compare one Monday to the next Monday and see what you see. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because I'm thinking about my kids. I've got 12-year-old kids. And um, my son, especially, I think it was last year or the year before, 
when the weather started being really crazy. I live in, like I said, I live in Rhode Island. And he he said, you know what? They keep doing this to the weather. He goes, why aren't people getting upset about this? How come they can't see it, Mom? How come they can't see it? They're spraying stuff in the sky and people, they can't see it. He said, how come they're not up in arms? How come they're not marching in the street about this? And I said, you know what, Shane? That's a good question. People, I guess, just take this as normal. And you're right. It's not normal. And he's only 12 years old. So that kind of broke my heart that he's never really going to see that blue sky you're talking about. Yeah, and the kids, they have been conditioned and programmed and normalized through the television, through the print publications, through their video games, and even older films such as Jaws, they get digitally remastered. They go back and they put in chemtrails to make people think that it's been there the whole time. So, wait, wait, wait. They touched Jaws to make that? you got to be kidding me. Seriously? This is true. They've, ah. dig- they've digitally remastered multiple movies, and the older versions don't have the lines in the sky. I just watched a cartoon with my little ones, and the sky was white. There was no orange. There was no blue. There was no sun. There's nothing but white skies. So Uh the white sky will become the new norm for them, and they won't even know what they don't know unless we bring that truth to the forefront for them. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting, too, is that my kids, I homeschooled them up until last year, um, and they read a book, and they read it again this year. And I started to think about the the Inconvenient Truth movie. (laughs) This book that they read has to do with a little girl who moves to another planet and they only get to see the sun like once every seven years or something. And she says, Oh, I'm from earth and I get to see the sun all the time. And all the other kids in school that in this book say, Oh, you're crazy. And they lock her in a closet. And just at that moment that all the other kids get to see the sun and the little girl doesn't get to see the sun, but it's kind of happy because I, I was crying when they told me this story. I'm like, Oh my God, why are they showing, why are they doing this book with you guys? Um, but you're, I said, well, what's the upside of this? What, how, how is this okay? And they said, well, it's because the little girl knows what the sun is. She took, she felt good that she knows what the sun is and all the kids were friends with her now at the end. I was like, no, oh. That, that, that's a complete, um, propaganda piece. Um, so history is his story and not just history is rewritten, but all the books are rewritten. Even the Bible just got rewrote. I mean, every generation gets spoon-fed what the politicians want you to think. The Reagan administration rewrote the books and the curriculums. The Barbara Bush, the Bush administration, rewrote the books to have people thinking the way that they want them to think. It's it's no – it is not surprising that kids get out of school – They don't know who Nikola Tesla is. They don't Mm -hmm. know who Wilhelm Reich is. They don't know anything about frequency. I didn't know that a potato put in the ground grows potatoes. We don't learn anything about managing our credit or what the Federal Reserve is and that it was put together in the the 1900s at Jekyll Island and that the Federal Reserve is a private bank. We don't learn any of this stuff. We don't learn how to take our health into our own hands. 
Okay. And that is one of the most important that this that the most important aspect of it all because if we're running circles around and getting vaccinated and eating antibiotics and what have you, I mean, not to mention the frequency manipulation through the smart meters and stuff. I've actually in my life, just in the past few years, I've learned all of these things firsthand through my life. I I had um, an experience where I was pres- prescribed ciprofloxacin. And Cipro is actually poisonous. I was paralyzed for a month from just eating an antibiotic that I didn't need. And then I find this website, ciproispoison.com, C-I-P-R-O. That's an antibiotic that everyone has to avoid. Another thing that happened to me is I moved into a place in Canada in January of this year. And right on the other side of the wall was a smart meter. I didn't know it was there, but I started having heart palpitations. I started mm-hmm. experiencing mood swings and all of these different things. And lo and behold, I learned that the smart meter was there and I got myself away from it and put a smart meter block, um, a steel mesh guard on it to, and a grounding wire. And all of my conditions were eradicated. A lot of people, they don't know about any of it. So I have a website. I have a website that I just launched. It's called actualactivists.com. And on this site, I talk about all sorts of stuff. I talk about the Sofagio scale. A lot of people don't know about that. I talked about Dr. Masuru Emoto. Emoto was a Japanese um, doctor. He knew a lot about frequency, and he experimented and proved that just your words can change the crystalline structure of water. So he would. Oh, I saw that book. I I had. I actually bought that book for people at Christmas time because you know it's kind of something nice to look at. The crystals, they, the words were changing the shape of the crystals. It's amazing stuff, and the truth doesn't stop there. Okay, so it's there's all sorts of stuff on the website. I encourage people to go and click around on actualactivists.com, and on there I have at the top a link for fluoride, a link for chemtrails, a link for GMO, a link for vaccines. Okay, because all these things are connected. You can connect all those things just with aluminum. Okay, there's aluminum in the vaccines, toxic levels of aluminum. There's aluminum resistant genetics with the GMO foods. There's aluminum in the chemtrails in the geoengineering projects, patented, multiple patents. I mean, the patents tell the story. When you patent something, it's because you've got the technology together already it's not because you have an idea it that it's already there and it's actually being used and you don't want your competitors to use it and then last but not least fluoride there's fluoride in drinking water there's fluoride in toothpaste we have to avoid fluoride as much as we possibly can fluoride was introduced by the nazis Once to, again. Pa- to pacify people but one thing that's the most important and critical about fluoride is at at the age of three years old, you develop a blood-brain barrier that protects your brain. Okay, that's why it's really important if you're gonna if you're gonna vaccinate your child. If you don't know what to think and you're just gonna listen to the doctors, you should at least wait after that blood-brain barrier is formed. This three-way shot of measles, mumps, and rubella, the MMR, people are getting it too early. They're getting it at 18 months, and they're witnessing their children have immediate onset of autism. If you just wait, your kid won't get autism. So either way, fluoride, it passes the blood-brain barrier, even if you are over the age of three. 
and it will escort aluminum into your brain. Aluminum cannot pass the blood-brain barrier on its own. So with the accompaniment of fluoride, the, the aluminum that you're exposed to in your food, in your air, in your vaccines, all across the board you're being exposed to aluminum, and the fluoride will literally escort it into your brain. Fluoride plus aluminum creates a, a chemical reaction in your brain. So you have these little explosions going on up there as well. And then the Alzheimer's and the dementia sets in because of the aluminum levels in your brain. The bees are actually dying from the aluminum, right? And then that's why Monsanto has a new Frankenstein bee they've created through a new company called Beelogics. And then Monsanto, through, uh, this was approved by the Trump administration, Monsanto was bought by Bayer. Bayer has affiliations with Nazis, and Bayer was actually found guilty of giving hemophiliacs HIV. And then instead of disposing of it, they still, even after the court case, they still just continued to give hemophiliacs HIV. So bears nefarious. They, they make the drugs to help people if they're sick. Well, now they've bought Monsanto. Monsanto also bought Weather Corporation for nearly a billion dollars. So Monsanto, they make the pesticides and the chemicals. They also make the, the seeds. And now they're owned by the company that if you get sick, they provide the medication. It's a complete conflict of interest. It never should have happened. So we're up against all these things. So most importantly on the website is the health portion. Yeah, I was going to say, under I, health, honestly, honestly I, I just want to say after this onslaught of information, this interwebbed of all these different corporations that seem to be between the media, our medicine, the schooling, everything that they're doing to us, it really feels like you have to get off their grid and you, what you're talking about, the health, to take it into your own hands. It seems like that's the safest thing to do is to to take care of yourself first, like to buttress your defenses against all of this self within your own body. And like I want to hear you talk about the health stuff. Well, yeah, it's it's right now it's our, besides raising awareness, it is one of our only options, one of our only defenses. And. Like I like to say, and you've heard it before, the truth will set you free. It'll set you free health-wise. It'll set you free on a spiritual level, and it's really important to pass this health information down to the next generation so that they can pass it to the next generation and so on. So one thing that's really important, if you've ever eaten any sugar in your life, is magnesium. It takes, for one molecule of sugar, it takes your body, I believe, it's 52, I think it's 52 to 1. So for every molecule of sugar that you eat, it takes 52 molecules of magnesium for your body to process it. So if you ever have had any sugar, there's a very good chance that you're magnesium deficient. I would say that almost every single listener is magnesium deficient. Okay. Mm -hmm. Along with that, the soils and the plants have been deprived. None of these noble elements that our body needs such as silver gold iridium and all these things we are deficient in so many ways and we don't know it because our medical mafia is completely controlled okay when we get cavities we're told to go drill them out i've cured cavities with just coconut oil okay it's really really simple some of the fixes so you can take an epsom salt bath to get the magnesium in your body and the reason why you don't want to be deficient is because if your bodies are that deficient and they're spraying these 
toxic heavy metals through their geoengineering program, you can your body can do two things. You can be exposed to these chemicals and brush them off, or you can be exposed to these chemicals and your body will absorb them happily thinking that they're the metals that you need because there are metals that we need, such as gold and silver and stuff, and your body will mistakenly uptake these heavy metals and implant strontium in your bones if you are mineral deficient. So it's really important to first and foremost get your health under control. And there's all these different superfoods and stuff that you can do to get in control of that wheatgrass. I mean, there's eating raw, especially eating organic. It's all really important. And having the omegas that you need and the, the fatty, the fats that you need and salts that you need and all these different minerals. But also, it's important to chelate. So chelate is spelled C-H-E-L-A-T-E. And there's multiple ways you can do that. If you really want to get involved, you can get your hair analyzed and find out what heavy metals you your body is um, exposed to and having problems with. And then in your hair, if you have all this cadmium or all this aluminum or mercury or whatever, then you can learn the best ways to chelate. Or you can get your hair tested and experiment with taking different chelations and then get your hair tested again and see if you've gotten rid of them. So chelation is a means of escorting these metals out of your body. So, for instance, there was a research study in a prison population, and um, these prisoners, their urine was being tested for something completely different, but all of these high levels of heavy metals were showing up in this one population's blood. I mean, urine. And what they learned was this certain um, subgroup they had access to heavy uh, levels of or a bunch of cilantro. They were eating cilantro like crazy. You know, you're in prison, you get your hands on something that's kind of tasty, and, you know, you do what you can. So these people were eating a bunch of cilantro, and that cilantro was removing heavy metals from their body. It was chelating. It was attaching itself as it was going through the system, and people learned that a bunch of cilantro can actually chelate stuff from your body. In that in that same um, light, there's also Corella. There's also right. spirulina. If no one knows about moringa, moringa is a superfood. It is amazing, and I recommend people bring it into their diet. Coffee. Coffee is highly acidic. If you're going to drink coffee, you need to get your alkaline levels in check. You can do that just by a little dab of baking soda. You know, There's matcha. Matcha is so antioxidant-rich. And it has all these other beneficial things going on. There's all sorts of different things that you can do, and everyone's different. But taking this health aspect into your own hands and really empowering yourself, it's the first, it's the first step. And everyone needs to do it. And it's up to us because the guy in the white, the, the doctor in the office that's getting paid to make you sick is not informed enough to even make the correct decisions to help you. So it's up to us to really take it into our own hands. Right. Now, when you say stuff like that, people say, well, look, man, these people are devoted to this. They, you know, put years of their life into medical school and they obviously care. This. So when you say they're, you're going to a doctor and they're hurting you, there are doctors. I do know in Rhode Island, there's doctors, they're homeopaths and there's alternative um, medicine doctors, especially emanating from Brown <clears throat> Brown University um, in Rhode Island. There's a doctor named Dr. Um, 
Froderman. She's uh, a naturopath, homeopath. And then there's uh, uh, my kid's doctor, Dr. McGonigal. He's uh, he's was at Brown and he goes once a month to teach the kids that are in school that the biomed companies that are sponsoring everything for them. There's other alternative therapies that might be, you know, therapeutic. But I know that what you're saying in the, the most part is very true. People, when they go to the doctor, it's like you're at a, a conveyor belt. They're just rolling you through. They have to get their paperwork done for the insurance company. So, yeah. Well, and it's not that mainstream doctors are bad people, okay? No, they no. They have been indoctrinated, right. com- compartmentalized, and they're on a need-to-know basis, just like the military, just like all these other people. If you really want to wrap your head around almost any of these issues, just say those three things, compartmentalization, indoctrination, need-to-know basis. So, and yeah, they have this huge wall of cognitive dissonance because they spent a lot of money on their degree, but that doesn't mean that the stuff in their books is actually accurate, and that's unfortunate. And they're being told one thing. A lot of people don't know. (laughs) I've come to the realization that there is a vaccine injury court. There's a whole court set aside for vaccine injuries. You know, if, if there was the regular legal system for vaccine injuries, so many cases would have gone and people would have sued for immediate onset of autism or sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, SIDS, that the pharmaceutical industry would be completely out of business. One thing, and I I know we're running out of time, do you remember baby shaking syndrome? Do you remember when that was happening? Yes, I do. So I watched recent documentary. A lot of people are are actually getting off the hook and a lot of people are still in jail. That baby shaking syndrome was from babies' brains swelling up, but it wasn't from them getting shaken by their parents. It was actually from vaccines, you know? And now that this information is coming to the forefront, it's really sad and scary to think that doctors and all these people testified for a parent or babysitter to go spend time or life in prison based on fallacy, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And the thing about, another thing about doctors is they're incentivized. You know, they're incentivized yeah, they just just like a, a cop has to reach his quota and he doesn't care that he just gave you a $200 speeding ticket or whatever it is. It's the same thing with the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so just well, this, going back go to chemtrails and right. geoengineering. And Frankenskies, your and movie. Frankenskies, my film. It's really important that people – are able to see through the muck. There's so much disinformation coming out on through through everything. You know, a lot of people they'll just scroll down their timeline, they'll see a headline, and then they'll go repeating that information like it's fact. Well, they don't even know the source of that information. I found this very manipulating article that was talking about how we need geoengineering and how the planet can't be saved unless we save it and we have the technology and no one else does and we need to implement the technology before it's too late and all this and then i glance up at the top of the web page and it's from a website that i've never heard of that has no history and it was called eddie.net i mean just learn to discern it's really hard to do at first but then you'll just be able to look at something and be like okay that's nonsense okay that makes sense okay i want to read into that and what have you because the disinformation misinformation overload 
is how they plan to manipulate the next generation. What they did is they is and I hate to say they 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 they, but what they did is they took the women out of the home by creating covertly creating the women's movement. So they got the parents split up. They got the moms out of the home and working. So now the moms weren't there to parent a whole generation. They replaced the moms with the television, a patented brainwashing mind control device. Now they're replacing the television with the iPad, right? Right. And the, and the backlit iPad with the EMF radiation is even worse than you could ever imagine. There's patents that go back to this, to the screens and how the pulsing puts you into this trance. Children under the age of 11 should not have an iPhone or an iPad in front of their faces at all. I'm sorry, it's fact, okay? If you know enough and do enough research on electromagnetic radiation, you will see that it is a very, very daunting thing and that people's brains are being totally messed with. Oh, my God, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. And I hope people do check out Frankenskies, your movie. And thank you for being with us. And everybody that's tuned in today, go get go get a drink or something. Take it and, and I'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>